This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there. Billy did. The goal. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stiffer Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome to episode 201 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. This week in HD1, social media in the nose are doubling down on Paolo Bianco being a frontrunner for the Huddersfield Town job, despite former Terrier blog writer Bloggy Potter admitting that he made up the rumour due to boredom while straining one out on the toilet. Money has come flooding in despite the rumour being flushed away. Elsewhere, there's Harat in the bookies, what a town going to do? Worthy's change of mentality sets the pulses racing with a gallant performance at St. Mary's. And Duffman can't move, as Alan Nixon claims, Tam will appoint Michael Duff should he move to the local area. Joining me to look back into the last week's news, we have the Brian McDermott of the podcast. It's Richard Cossie Kosmala and Ian Rude Van Silkelroy. And I'm Matt Shaw. Good evening. How are we doing? And good evening to the live uh, YouTube audience as well. Evening, Matt. Are we all right, boys? Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, not, much, not much coming back then. Um, right. no, not from killer. Okay. We're all right, Matt. There's only no. us, there's only us. I was just thinking today we're going to do a podcast and we're happy. We've lost. We've let in five goals and we're happy. That don't they think that just sums up Uddersfield Town? We are no, happy. I'm writing jokes. We've in lost the intro five and goals. Everything. We've considered five goals. We've lost again, but but we're quite happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> just easily please because it's easily <laughs> pleased at this point. That's all it's it is. A niche audience, this killing it. Niche market, mate. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, this episode, as always, is sponsored by the wonderful Magic Rock Brewing. So uh, get on to www.magicrockbrewing.com. Use our code of AHTTC10 and you will get 10% off all of your online orders. Head down there as well for match day um, because it's pretty good. They have some decent stuff in the old food trucks as well if you're uh, a gluttonous for food like me and uh, cozy and killer. Right, let's look at Huddersfield Town travelling down to Southampton. Southampton 5, Huddersfield Town 3. What a performance this was for 80 minutes. Unbelievable. I just want to talk about DNA. Um, I don't I don't mean to go all Jurassic Park on you or anything, but Town DNA. We, we hear this quite a lot, don't we? Um, I'm going to use Michael Duff as a bad example. So I think Killer Cosy in the summer... You may, you may remember I was quite pro-Duff to replace Neil Warnock at that moment in time, uh, and he ended up getting the Swansea job. And I remember getting the Swansea job and me, and saying to anyone on WhatsApp who'd listen, it's a really bad fit, is that? Um, you've got a guy who um, doesn't really, he's a great out-of-possession coach, going to a club who seem to think they're Barcelona light and want to play you know, tiki-taka football, and you've just appointed Michael Duff, who's not going to deliver that. Uh, roll on to Huddersfield Town and we've appointed Darren Moore who who prefers the, the slow build-up, you know, and everything that, that comes with that. Town's DNA, look how happy, you know, the general uh, consensus is online. Uh, you know, you read the message boards and and Twitter and, and so, you know, other social media. And Town fans, we lost the game, but generally the under, underlying um, narrative is they're quite pleased with how Huddersfield Town have played and they're quite pleased because... We've uh, attacked with pace, we've pressed high, um, we've excited, we've got in the opposition face uh, and we've moved forward with speed. And I think that's all Huddersfield Towns want to see. And, you know, we talk about DNA and how Huddersfield Town should play and the next manager that comes in. And that's really what we want. And it's really why a lot of people fell in love with the David Wagner style. It didn't really matter that we moved the ball quite slowly. It was more off the ball. We pressed, we harassed, we got in people's faces and we didn't really give much of a shit who we were playing. We would just attack and we would have a go at teams until later on in the Premier League season. Um, and that that was what it felt like, didn't it, yesterday under John Worthen and Killer. I mean, it, it's really sort of, it's an antithesis to what Darren Moore was playing, like I said, but we started brilliantly and it's the type of pressing, isn't it, that we were doing. You know, Matos starts it from midfield, doesn't he, with... He he's really been excellent the last two games. You know, you bring in someone like uh, Matos and Darren Moore gets him and and has him sat, you know, sort of deep. Whereas John Worthington's looked at him and gone, this, you know, he can really snap into tackles and get moving. And he's put a lot of faith in him to start that press from midfield. Uh, and then Town were boxing Southampton in. Southampton very much all about you know the close five six yard passes moving, you know, intricate intricate style but Town sort of nullified that really well killed didn't they in, in how they sort of boxed Southampton in and snapped in and it was good to watch wasn't it and, and you could understand couldn't you that we were set up to hit with pace and that's why there was no place for uh, Bojan Radulovic in the team um, but I loved it mate I, 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 it was just usually when we play and I watch it I'm just sat on my phone half the time just like messing around and then look up and then watch it for five minutes mess on fun I couldn't take my eyes off this mate I thought it was great and especially the pressing as well that was what really caught my eye 
Well, I'm the same as you, Matt, there. I was like out and about yesterday, running a few jobs, trying to get back home for three o'clock so I could try and keep keep tabs with it. But the day kind of ran away with me a bit. The next minute I'm looking, it's 2-0. I'm thinking, what, what, what am I missing out here? So I got I got back home as quick as I could and watched it a bit on delay um, to see to see how the game went. But in regards to the DNA stuff, you're right. I think it is as, as direct opposite to Darren Moore as you could possibly get. Um, that the, the first time Southampton got it at the back line, I'm waiting, just naturally waiting for us to kind of low block it again, just to drop back. I know Wevan spoke about been not wanting to play like that and whatnot it, leading up to the game, but I just expected it, right? First time, as soon as the goalies got it, we've got like four men pressing their back line and you could see straight away Southampton think, eh, no one comes here and does this to us. And it just shocked, it shocked them and it shocked all of us, I think. Um, it, it's amazing, like you say, Alex Matos is the prime example of how this entire shift has, has gone about in that now we've got a guy whose job it is to be that first line of press after the strikers. And Alex Matos, to me, I haven't seen him under Darren Moore. Like you said, I thought he was just a defensive midfielder that didn't know how to, to go into tackles other than just to launch himself in. And all of a sudden, he's been given these roles where he's the most important part of the press for us. It's really refreshing to see Wervin and go about it that way. And I think that's all that town fans want. They just want a hard-working team. Like I say, it doesn't actually matter what the style of football is as long as it's hard-working. And, and yesterday, that first 45 minutes especially, Everyone busted a nut. They were all at it. And I think even if we'd have been losing at half time, it'd have gone down pretty well. Similar to the, the first Wagner game um, that was it Middlesbrough that we lost against, I think, when he first came in. Mm, but it's just Jeff that it was just, Middlesbrough at home, yeah. Jeff Wednesday then went Middlesbrough. The, the Middlesbrough home game was when everyone kind of just noticed, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah. And it, it, it just there were just moments of it like that yesterday where you kind of just thought, Do you know what? Yeah, this is the town that we've been missing. Cosy, I think Killer's frozen there, but we can still hear him. Um, Cosy, I, I, were you were you like us watching that game? I'm, I'm, you know, we saw the WhatsApp messages, but you were you were pretty buzzing as well. I know it sounds sounds really strange, doesn't it, to be sort of buzzing after a defeat? But you can see a direction there, can't you? That town should really follow up on. Mate, when when you go on a Saturday to watch your team, no matter what level it is, you just want to go there with that the team's giving in their all, uh, they're wanting to win the game, and just no regrets. You know that, and that's like you just said, Matt. We've been well, the killer there, just like we've been starved of that for four, four or five seasons. And yeah, it, w- it was so refreshing. And I, I think it was really funny as well. Like the, uh, honestly, the Southampton commentary, I, I remember praising it before in a home game. I don't know why I want that, the game. I must have been away or something, but absolutely fantastic. And Dean Hammond were there to co-commentate. And they, they were stunned. They were absolutely stunned because I think they're just used to it. I mean, it's just common, isn't it? If you go, you go to St. Mary's and get rolled over, you sit back and eventually just, you know, you're happy to lose two or three. Where I think it's only us or Sheffield Wednesday. I think uh, from what from what I can gather from down there, some of the feedback that Southampton fans were giving that up coming out of go. But it was absolutely refreshing, man. It was quite thrilling, really. But I was sat there thinking, this is just like you know, you know what I'm like. Watch all my continental football, and there's certain teams who you're watching at the moment, just like so exciting. You know, when you're tuning, mate, you're gonna you're gonna get a, an exciting afternoon or evening and what have you. And and now I'm thinking, wow, this is like what a seal town here going to. Southampton and I, I was trying to kind of honestly sometimes it's like I don't know why I do this but it's like I'm thinking well well what do you expect you know that you had nothing to lose as a caretaker manager you know you might as well do this but I'm thinking but no it's just so brave because on the back of that and then obviously we've got this midweek game coming up against Sunderland I think it's so easy to like just go a different way but the, the bodies forward the thing was so impressive to me because I think we were like a back five at the start but like every time we were broke we were going well and Kazuma were like a flying winger, weren't they? Like up the side. And 
oh, we've got to have a section on Brody Spencer. I haven't seen your agenda, Matt, but if Brody Spencer isn't on the agenda, there's something wrong, but we look good. If you and, check WhatsApp, bud, it's in there. Yeah, we're just refreshing. But again, it just goes back to the kind of that tweet I put out last night. It's just like, you just want to know, especially when you've gone, the 700 fans went yesterday, didn't they? are paying ridiculous money now. And you want to know that your team's going to try and win the game. It doesn't matter who it is. Like you said, Wagner, exactly that. You knew we were trying to win, and it was just so so refreshing. The best thing about it was we didn't we didn't get the luck uh, early on. I mean, we'll talk obviously going to dissect the game in a bit with the penalty Karoma, but Eds didn't go down. We just like carried on, and we got what we deserved. And you couldn't argue. Maybe could two were a bit harsh for Southampton, but but to be to be up at half time, it was like Dreamwell. But for me, it wasn't what we were doing because yeah, we could have got two set pieces and gone two and up, and and you know done the usual and. I had to check today. I think we had, uh, in the first half, we had like 20, again, a possession. We didn't have much possession, but it felt like we had like 60% because you're just not used to seeing it. And it were like, it was just so good. But the energy levels were, were brilliant. And you look back and you're thinking, because it's funny because stats can like just, they were saying, oh, Undershield on the back of forum beat. And it sounds really good, doesn't it? If you've been honest, like, yeah, one win against Wednesday and three boring draws. But it's like, it, really, it was just, what were it, 20, 15 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday? That's all it was built on, Matt. And it was just like, I mean, I, I watched the Worthy uh, press conferences. First time, I didn't watch his one last week. I was away and just saw the, saw the, the, the tweets and stuff. And I, I kind of went to you. I thought it was a bit naughty with the, you, you mentioned last week, you guys on the pod with Matty Pearson comments and, and Worthy comments, <laughs> the shackles and stuff. Because I had that thrown at me because I was like, you know, kind of, I'll be honest, I messaged you, didn't I? Half time against Sheffield Wednesday when we were poor and the shackles are off, guys. And then people were like giving me it back, like that age well, didn't it? You know, because obviously we, we got four, but it would, John Worthington's press conference, I think it went on for about seven minutes, Matt. Obviously, it goes, covers Cafanana, Stephen Chicken, and uh, Leon at the end. Leon won it. Because you don't mess about. It's just like, it just, you know, when Moore just talks all them words and bores everyone to death, you were like, you know, uh, Reese no, he's not going to make it. It was just, it was just so refreshing to have like that honesty. And I get everyone's different, and yeah, he might not want to show his hand more, but it was just proper. It was just good, though, mate. It was just, I could link into it on a Friday dinner time or Thursday, I think, when the press conference won. I was just, I was on board then, and it wasn't a matter that we beat Wednesday. I just, I just think sometimes, like someone, I don't know if it was you, Killer. Someone said about more. He tries. I think it was Johnny actually. He, he like, he tries to make it like complicated or tries to come across as like a Mourinho and stuff, but. Don't fool us to a public. Just keep it simple, mate. And he did his press conference and his team just went out. It's pretty simple, isn't it? I love it against 11. I know they're 20-odd unbeaten, but it was absolutely refreshing, Matt. And at half time, it was just like people were texting like Leeds fans to me. Like, what is going on? It says, mate, this isn't like a smashing grab. This was deserved, but obviously it went wrong at the end. But there's, there's not many clubs that would lose, concede five goals and lose but pretty much 99% of the fan base were put in. It's just odd, but it was so thrilling, mate. You mentioned Johnny there, and I have to throw some shade his way. He's currently not on the podcast tonight because he wants to watch the, that BTEC rugby sales and marketing event that's on Sky at the minute, which is an absolute bag of crap. But, you know, so shame on you, Johnny, for, for not joining us tonight. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about the the goals. The first goal's great. Um, it starts at the back, doesn't it? It comes out from the back. I think Southampton actually play it quite long, don't they? And Kasumu... Uh, wins the header and it makes its way out to Sauber Thomas who it's a great crossfield ball uh, and then Jack Radoni uh, puts the cross in there's a dummy from Karoma and the finish from Sauber Thomas a bit of a strange one really kind of almost bobbles it in doesn't he and the keeper's a little bit late down but it's such a great move for the goal it, it was it was great it comes off the back of town probably should have had a pen as well Cos yeah I just think it's a difficult one to give though that in it because 
I, I, I just think you wait Southampton. It's a brave ref that gives it, and it it were kind of right on the kind of the goal line as well, wasn't it? With a few bodies in front, but it. I think it's one of those you first saw it. You thought, oof, but I, I'm sure of the way that gets given, Matt. But it's uh, yeah, I felt a bit harsh did that, and. They're so honest with the Southampton commentary. Absolutely fantastic. They were like, "That's a penalty." And Club TV don't normally be as biased as that, does it? But no, they're, they're the best. They're the best. I've, by a mile, I've mate. Heard. Ian Wilding, I think his guy's years, name. Yeah. I DM'd him uh, just to praise his because he must get a load just you know stick for his commentary. But he, he just refreshing and he reeled off so much, didn't he? Like you know all about his players, Boreham Wood, that Thomas come from. They get, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. But basically, we're two guys who were just enjoying a game of football because they expected, like we all did, that it was just going to be a boring two, three nil Southampton. Also, we're going to sit back and kind of, you know, take it easy, <clears throat> damage limitation. And basically, they, they were just like thrilled by the afternoon. And we've had a few Southampton fans, haven't we, coming on our, uh, I don't, they came on, a few came on my Twitter last night, just like, guys, just, they, they got in the game. I, I love what you did. You'll stop up. Fantastic. What a game. Sometimes, I know we want to win and, Sometimes the pressure of the league table and blah blah blah, but it's entertainment business is football, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a escape from the normal working week, and it was just absolutely thrilling. I, I absolutely loved it. But going around in a tangent, but back, yeah, we should have had a penalty, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killer, tell, killer, you tell us about the goal, break the goals, the first two down, because the second one as well is another great goal. I think Brody Spencer does quite well on the left and. Sauber ends up uh, going down as Sauber's, Sauber's been superb this season for me and he he, oh. he looks up and plays the ball across and Kasumu flying absolutely flying up that flank smashes it in off the bar and it's dreamland isn't it those two goals were fantastic and as Cosy says that they're not lucky goals they're brilliantly constructed goals as well for, for the most part of it and we deserved it we, we were phenomenal that first half and that's probably I reckon the best half from a, a town side in years, really, for in terms of, you know, you can look back to Corbran and say, in terms of structure, solidity, and and seeing games out and, and getting in front, Corbran had, you know, there's a lot of good football there. But in terms of excitement and being off your seat and putting your phone down, Matt, you know, that kind of stuff, it, it's it's up there, isn't it, with sort of the best house for a long, long time. Yeah, I loved it, and and both the first the first two well the first two goals you can you can see these elements of game plans within the goals as well, which I love to see. Not just a fortunate goal, you can kind of see Warnock did it. every time we attacked. You could tell that there was a plan there, and you could see. It. And Wirthin has only been in the building what a week at this point, and we already look so much more not only clinical but quite creative when we are going forward. And this is from a midfielder, not someone who you'd synonymously suggest to be that kind of a coach based on his playing career, but. That for the first goal, man, it's, it's by design, isn't it? We're pressing high. We're saying, right, you can't pass through us. You're going to have to go long and try and beat us in the air. So they've gone long and we've won the ball, right? Three quick little passes. I think Rodoni's in there. Send, and then they send it to Sorba Thomas, who had an amazing... Honestly, he plays as like a free-roll winger. It's, such a, it's like we've just allowed him to do kind of what he wants to do and, and because he's the best creative outlet we've got. And he's really taking it by the horns and running with it. But he's nice little switch ball, like you say, Matt. And then... We've pulled, run it down the wing and then and a nice little pullback. And then Karoma's got a bit of a dummy run there as a centre forward. He, he's literally dummied it for the first goal. But by design, again, he, he's taken out a centre back by running towards goal. So when the pullback comes there, these town players running onto it with a clean shot at it. If Kasumo don't put that away, Alex Matos is behind him to have a clean shot at it as well. Um, it, it, uh, sorry, for Thomas, if you don't finish it, Matos, Matos can. And for the second goal, like you say, Matt, Similar thing again, okay, it happens in a bit of a different way because Donny heads it on to, I think, to Spencer. 
Um, and then Thomas gets on his bike, he gets the ball and sets off with it again. And that's another difference that we've got now under Worthington than we had under Moore. You can see if anyone gets it, Rodoni did it quite a few times yesterday as well. As soon as the ball comes to the feet, they're turning and they're running with it if the, if the opportunity is there. And it just drags us that 10, 15 yards upfield and creates so much space because, again, Southampton have to adjust at this point. Remember, at home, they're used to seeing teams come and park the bus against them. It's boring. We, you, want, you can watch any Premier League game of a top six club playing one of the bottom teams and you know what you're in for. It's boring. It's not what you want to watch. Southampton will have expected that to happen yesterday and it didn't. We set up not over back five. I thought initially, Matt, it were a back five, but it won't, was it? We're back three. It was well, a three, three, back. wasn't it? It was, yeah. but a legitimate one because normally it's not, is it? Normally, like you say, your wing backs are so deep. It's a, a fraudulent way to say it's a back, a back three when it's a back five. But yesterday just went at it and they just didn't know, what, they just couldn't handle it. They're not <clears> used to that. It, it was an arrogance that they're not used to it. They adjusted after half time, and we'll get onto that in a little bit. But at the beginning, we're running with it. Again, he cuts it back. Karoma, he, he, he's not entirely near the ball, but again, he's taken a centre-back. He kind of wrestles into the ground to leave the ball there for, for Kasumu to, to put it on first time. But again, Mars is behind him. Again, you can tell Mars is told, if he's going down one wing now, to get to the edge of the box. If you watch him back, you'll see exactly what I mean. It's just nice to see. What a wonderful, well-worked goal by design instead of a set piece that's all we've had all this season. It's just, it felt in that, that, that up until that point that Southampton were shell-shocked and we took full advantage of it by design, by running at them. Again, Sober Thomas, every, every time I've seen him up until the last couple of games this season, Moore's told him to go out wide and cross it in. Now, he's narrow. He's narrow and running towards goal and pulling it back and just being a little bit different every time he gets the ball instead of just whipping it in. And teams don't know what to do. Southampton weren't ready for it and we took full advantage. Jonathan, what Hogg. I loved was go on, sorry, Matt. What Jump. I love was bodies, bodies in the box. I was going to say Hoggy, even Hoggy yeah, was Hoggy up there on the like, edge of the box. At one point. Dance, I just got really? in yeah, but bodies in the box. You look at those first two goals, and there's like five, six, you know, four, five, six players in and around the box, you know, ready to, you know, be available for the shot. And that's what I loved when, you know, not to, don't really want to double foot Darren Moore or anything, but under Darren Moore, Mark Fotheringham, and other managers, not Neil Warnock. You would have had like two players max in the box, you know, when, and one of them saw but Thomas, you know, crossing it, you know, on that second goal. And that's the difference, is it? You're getting players forward and then you're getting players back. You know, that that it was it was just great. I absolutely love that half. Um unfortunately Southampton did roar back at the start of the second well, Matt, half. I was um, just about just before we say that, Flynn Downs obviously went off after thirty three minutes and then I mean, oh, we didn't, we didn't mention our team news, but you messaged me, so if we've got two keepers on the bench, I'm like, Alex, you must have read mm. that wrong, Matt. We have. It's <laughs> just like, and then obviously uh, Tom Edwards, which, we, but I mean, their bench, like that Sulamina, 21.6 million, 21.6 million, that Adores is 6.8 million from Manchester City. Ruining like, the again, isn't he? Oh, have you ever jumped in, Ed? But <laughs> yeah, you yeah. didn't go through a team at the start, that's why, but yeah, just... Uh, no, I mean... Yeah, um, no, it's 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 insanely good, isn't it? That that Southampton, the Southampton team's insanely good. If Flynn Downs goes off injured, that you don't bat an eyelid. If Mikhail Hellick's injured for us, you're like, oh shit, who's, who's going to come in with that goal at second Matt half? Pearson, Matt Pearson was was all right. Come Matt Pearson was great. Matt Pearson had a really good chance actually to put us one 0 yeah. but it, you know, uh, we didn't dwell on it. That's that's what I love. No, this, all that this penalty, mate, all that penalty, we didn't dwell on that. Where he'd have easily to. To have their heads down, then won it. That's what was so good for me. That Pearson missed the penalty, but yet we still got us goals. It was just amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, Southampton did roll back. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to be I'm not going to be critical of Town because 
that Rothwell strike is an unbelievable strike, isn't it? What an absolute stunner that is. I mean, I mean, you can maybe look at Nichols and Pearson's communication a little bit there. Oh, Matt, you have to. You can't. You can't. You can't look at it uh, a little bit. There's, there's no, no it's, it's just a It's such a good strike. Uh, I mean, Nichols shouldn't be pushing it, punching it to the middle. Uh, you know, that's a, a goalkeeping faux pas, is that punching it back out into play. But, you know, I mean, he's, he's obstructed a little bit by Pearson, isn't he? And, I mean, oh. the way he hits it, though, it's such a such a strike, isn't it? It's just an un, unreal strike. I mean, I imagine John Worthington would have gone in and gone, play like, continue playing like you are, but do not let them back into this game inside the first 10 minutes of the second half. And it's too old, oh. 10 minutes into well, the second think, half. But, but Matt, the thing is, we started well that second half as well. Yeah, we did. We started on the front foot. Oh, Matt, it was absolutely agony. Listen, this is Rothwell. So I had a few buffering issues for some reason, second half, and it buffered just as it left his foot. And it was about a minute till it come back on. So I thought, I was trying to work out, I think that's going over I can't believe official I follow is buffering, because yeah, that's unreal. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Bad broadband speeds in uh, Liversidge, mate. But uh, yeah, and <laughs> it was all, it was absolute agony, because I thought, that can't be going in, that. And I had to wait a minute. And then when it's come back on, he's running back to the centre circle. I thought, no way. Jesus Christ. It's an amazing, it is an amazing it finish, is. Matt. But like, he, should, he shouldn't have got there, though. Nichols should have caught that ball. That ball should have been caught by the keeper. There's no Southampton play near him. Pearson's in front of him. Between Pearson and Nichols, they should be experienced enough to stop that. He should never have got to him on the edge of the box to smash it home. Johnny Ogg's closest to him. He's never going to get there. There's no fault on anyone defending that because he smashed it first time in top corner. But the problem is, if you're playing someone like Southampton that have got substitutes like they've got available to them, their squad's unbelievable. Margins are very, very fine. They are very, very fine. And if if you're giving chances away and it's, it's not even a, I wonder what XG on that would have been. That would have been something ridiculously minuscule, I'm sure. But if you're giving, if you're giving easy chances, not easy chances, if you're giving chances away like that from things that you should be catching, eventually you're going to get caught. And that's just kind of what happened there. And and it was the beginning of the doubt, the, the end for us, I think. I know we got back in front later on, but I, I don't think we adjust, I don't think we ever really recovered from that kind of, uh, that going in and, it, it shouldn't have happened because the keeper should have caught him. Before that, to be fair, the corner was one after Kasumu got done on the right-hand side. And now he's not a right-back, but there was a couple of little one-twos and he's followed his man inside as a midfielder would do. I can't really blame him for that, but that's what the limitations you get with a right-back. But between that, you've got one mistake from a, a centre midfielder becoming a right-back, the keeper and Pearson not communicating properly, and he's put an absolute world in from 20 yards. That's the problem when you're playing a team like Southampton. You have to be as near to perfect as you can be can't because make, if you're yeah. not... This is what happens, and then it just shifts the momentum. The fans were booing at halftime, and then all of a sudden, two minutes into yeah, a few minutes into the second yeah. half, it's like, oh well, no! It, it, if, if, if Nichols catches it though and sends it upfield, it's different, isn't it? But it's just that moment is it, is really what turned it for I me. I just think it's obscene though that Russell Martin's like, right, we're going to get back into game. We'll take off Che Adams. It's like, what is going on? Can you imagine that? Like, Tao just taking off like a top striker like that, but. Like, I don't know if they've done a deal with Bournemouth, but both players subs like were on loan from there. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, Killer, about, you know, Nichols and what have you, but I, I'm one of those. I mean, it's, it, how many, it's, I don't know if someone's got it in for me today. Every time I go on Facebook, it seems to be ITV Sport with his goal on, or I go on Twitter and it's sometimes, and it's his goal just seems to be on loop, but he's just classing it. I, I just think, but I think that it's just that early goal in the second half. But Matt, do you, do you think we were, I applaud Worthy for kind of starting like we did, you know, in the second half, the first half. But is the an element? Am I being a bit of a? I'm going to say twat. No, no, no. Do you I think mean, that we should have I mean, two up? Let's try and 
you know, old no, it no, quite no, 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 I thought yeah. I thought we played I thought we did well. I honestly yeah. thought we did well and we were approaching it quite well. It's just like killer it's one of those moments. it's not even an error, is it really? It's just a half it's not even a half it's mm. like a half mistake whereby you get away with that if you play in Sheffield Wednesday. You play in Southampton and someone who's worth millions of pounds rockets one in the top corner. It's it's Premier League team, you know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things, unfortunately, whereby you can't make little errors because you'll get punished. And we made the first small error in in you know, in like the fiftieth minute, and we got really harshly punished. And then the second goal is, I mean, Rothwell pulls off Hog, doesn't? It? Well, steady on Matt, but he like pulls <laughs> pulls away from, <laughs> pulls away from Jonathan Hog, doesn't he? Who, who can't sort of follow him, and then he hits it. And Nichols is saving that until it clips off Tom Lee's and goes in the top corner. Yeah. When you watch it from the reverse, it was going to be a it's it's heading towards Nichols's hand. I mean, he could have flapped it in the net, but it's unlikely for Lee Nichols. But it's just, and then all of a sudden, you just think. Oh, it, we're up against it here. Not a bit of no, it, Cosy. No, Not a bit of it, mate. Two-two. No. You thought, right? It's over now. Not a chance again. This, this men. You know, go back to that press conference and John Worthen and said it's a change in mentality. And you hear this all the time, don't you, from managers? Oh yeah, we're going to be attacking. We're going to. It's a change in mentality. We're going to be different. And you sit there thinking, yeah, all right, but it's the same players. But no, it, it's it's definitely a change. And you know, we we've come back. Southampton, what were they unbeaten in 24 games or something like mm. that? And they're roaring back. They haven't, I don't think they've conceded more than one at home since September or something. And then, you know, we come roaring back again and we, we Jonathan Hogg has that chance. Hoggy should really slip in Karoma, shouldn't he, when he has that shot? It's, but, you know, to, to be fair, he's never there in the first place, to, you know, to sort of, you wouldn't expect him there. But the, then, you know, Brody Spencer does well again down the left hand side. And we'll talk about Brody soon, Cosy, for you. And then he plays it in a Matos hits it and it's lucky. You know, it, it is, isn't it? We don't get luck at Huddersfield. Who dares wins though, Matt? Who dares wins, did, Rodney, yeah, innit? Did, you, know? you know, buy a ticket, etc. But if we get lucky, something breaks in, you know, it's like a butterfly effect somewhere. You know, something breaks, you know, in, in, in the time-space continuum. You know, we have to have two pieces of bad luck back for it. And unfortunately, we lost Brody Spencer with injury, didn't we? And then Tom Lee's... How that goes in, I've got no idea. It, it, no one, there's no one anywhere near him, and it's just flicks off the inside of his leg and just flies in, you know, the near post. And it's, and you just think, and, and this is with ten minutes left, but that when we go three two up, sixty odd minutes, fifteen minutes with three two, and you sat there thinking, this this could be our day, and it was just it was just such a up until eighty minutes, it was just such a thrilling performance, wasn't it? Whereby if you can play like that one every three games, you know, with that intensity, you're going to be, Huddersfield Town will be fine. But, you know, talk us through that third goal, Cosy, because you wanted to talk about it, didn't you? But Yeah, Matos, killer talk about as well earlier on, but the guy that I thought we were getting who was going to make a difference to the attacking final third of the pitch, we have not seen, have we? It's just like, this has been set up in a certain way by, you know, Mr. Moore, but that were the, you know, Matos, I thought we were getting in that as well. I thought he were absolutely sensational. I think he's he's really improved the last two, three games as well. And I don't think yesterday you did you saw any of those uh, you know, those tackles really that were, you know, kind of I was thinking two yellows and a red or what are these new cards, blue cards, I think it'd be peppered with these blue cards, wouldn't he, as well? But no, absolutely fantastic. And again, I'll, you know, when it when it deflected like, it was just a beautiful moment in it because like the world just holds its breath and it just goes up and over the keeper and in and that as well. And for them town fans in the corner, 700 of them, just a sweet moment, wasn't it? Go over there. But you've just got to give them massive credit though, Matt Southampton, because I know they've got their budget and the squad, but 
the belief is incredible. I bet there'll be so many people, and we're talking about gambling later on, aren't we? But I bet there'll be so many people who won big on Saturday. When we were two up, I bet there were loads that still would have backed Southampton to win. I don't think odds would have been all brilliant. But just when, you, when you've got that mentality, just winning games and that as well, you always think you're going to win. And I just thought like yesterday, especially the first few minutes before the worldy goal and that as well, that we started well again. And I thought it's just going to be one of those days where it's just going to be one of those miracle results. But you know, the best just find a way to get it done and that as well. But I still thought, though, you know, when, when we went three to when we went back in front, Matt, that I thought we'd come out at least with a draw. I didn't see us losing it. And then, yeah, obviously, what, what happened later on was kind of frustrating. But I know, I've, obviously, I've touched on the bench a bit earlier on. Uh, I'd probably had him a pay grade. But that, for me, that, I know, I know, and we know what, what we've got to play with and stuff, but when they can be bringing guys like that on and that as well to make a difference. And you could hear the commentators who were just like, there's so much to come on the bench, we can still do it. I think I think it tells you all you need to know, doesn't it, when, what, what they were saying, just we can still do it, we can still win. You know, when it got to about 75 minutes, I still think we can win. That When, when you're on the run like they are, I mean, I'm trying to liken it, I'm trying to think of any time we've had like that. I know, obviously the Lee Clark famous one, but, but then it wasn't like, I didn't think we could win. It's almost like, yeah, we could probably get another draw and extend it to a... 500 games without a defeat but <laughs> but there's a difference between trying to kind of get a draw and win but obviously their new leads were smashing Rotherham and for them too it's just a shootout now I think it's which are kind of fading away so for them they were always just going to go for the win so I thought at 3-3 maybe we could still have another chance but we were out of gas a little bit weren't we we, would do, we were looking a bit leggy as well and obviously he changed it with a with, with, with what he could but it's almost like fighting a war with a water pistol compared to their bench and uh the counter to that, though, Cosy, the counter to that is if our bench is so weak, and I think I'm going to be a bit of a party pooper on performance for the last 20, 25 minutes here, I think. But if, if our bench is so weak and theirs is so strong, surely at that point you were just the way you're approaching the game yourself. And now to me, the warning signs were there at 2-1. I thought we were pressing a lot less, not in packs. Mm. It was much slower. We were getting deeper and deeper and deeper. I feel for the second goal for Southampton, their equaliser, a bit of justice for Johnny Oggy. It's not his fault. I think we need to have a real look at where the actual runner came from. Matos leaves him. Alex Matos leaves him on right-hand side. He runs behind Johnny Ogg. Johnny Ogg sees him later and tries to adjust. That's it. Um, but there's just no there's no shout. You can see there's no shout. And, and and that's where that comes from. But I think at that point, you can see there's just time a little bit. That intensity. It showed you in that first half that intensity can overcome talent in, in short periods of time because we just outworked them. We outworked Southampton. And it, but it did feel like we were in fifth gear and they were kind of in third gear a little bit. And, and in time, you knew they were going to be able to ramp up and, and we'd just drop back if the game kind of turned against us. And that's what that first goal did. And then the second goal came in. The third goal was good. We were still pressing high and that came from Rodoni, a little drive again towards towards the goal. Southampton shot themselves a little bit, had to adjust. Spencer had a dummy run um, down to the wing, looking for the overlap. He plays it back then to Matos. Matos is, is cleaned out by Spencer again, who runs for a second time. And, and obviously it's a lucky, lucky finish, but you make your own look, don't you? If you're shooting like that from there, some of them are going to go in. Um, but I just felt at that point, getting to 3-2, that's when I'd have, personally, the warning signs were already there to change it. And now for me, that's a little bit of the inexperience of Johnny Johnny Worthington as a coach. And no one can expect him to be perfect. He's an academy guy. He's never done it before. But I just felt with what we had on the bench and what I could see on the pitch and what they were about to bring on and how much pressure they were going to throw at us. And you could just see the press wasn't working as it was. In the beginning, Matt, like we spoke about, I think you and I texted about it, that we were we were hunting in packs they were they were like you could sent Liverpool started this a few years ago when Klopp first came in that when the first pass was bad they sent when to press and they were perfect at it and now everyone's caught up a little bit and in the first half that's what we did we were really really good at it 
But as we tired, it was one man pressing every time. One man, one man. So the easy one-two passes were back on for Southampton. And they could just work the way up the pitch a lot easier than in the first half where we kept winning it back in their half. That had stopped and it had stopped well before they made it three all. And, and I think that was a time to change it. But instead, Worthington went we're bringing on um, Pat Jones instead of uh, Radulovic, what, what I'd have kind of gone with, I think, and an entire shift assist system. I know he didn't. And it's easy for me to sit here as a nobody saying, oh, well, we should have changed it because we lost 5-3 in the end. It proves me right. But I just think there was enough warning signs there to to change it. And I think in time, if Worthington's got nine, ten games behind him, maybe that's what he'd have done. But yesterday, I, I just thought we could have changed it. And, and the result, I don't know if we'd have won, because like you say, they've got a lot of options and they'd have put a lot of pressure on. But I, I felt not changing it kind of gave them an easier way back into it. And we made it a little bit easier for them. I was going to say, I got the I got the Pat Jones sub. I, I agree with you. You know, in hindsight, it's easy to sort of say, oh, maybe we could have put Raduli with Connie, could have held the ball up and, you know, bought, you know, took the pressure off in certain points. And, but I, I kind of got the Pat Jones one. I like Pat Jones a lot. I think he's there's a there's so much potential there. It's just a shame about his hamstrings. But I, I got it because you know Southampton are pressing forward. There's going to be more holes at the back, and Pat Jones is quick. He's very very quick, and the pace can you know his pace can hurt them. So I understood it. There's, there's a way that we could have maybe played Pat Jones in, and he could have carried the ball high up the pitch, and you, you get high up the pitch that way. It was just. I Do you think, think though, Matt, Matt, is- no, Matt on, quick, on that one, Karoma also offers not just pace, but he's a, he's a bit of a physical presence. He wins a lot of headers for a small yeah. guy. He's and, good. And yeah, I, I think like Romeo. He's a bit of an all-rounder. I think people just generally think he's a fast guy because he's a winger. But when you actually see him, he wins a lot of the ball. Uh, I'll get your conch out, Matt, no problem. <laughs> but um, I just think um, I just think Pat Jones, he's a faster guy. Yeah, he's good. And, I, I, and we've got great hopes for him if, he can, if his injuries hold off. I just think... Um, as the game shifted, Karoma's pace and his physicality was working. And I know he tired and we had to change him. But I think that's the moment where it really shifted. Yeah, I mean, I do have a, a conch, the the Viking conch for Josh Karoma. No, I've always liked Josh Karoma up front, but usually with someone rather than, you know, by himself. But he, he did a great job by himself. He's, he's, uh, when, when he's at it, Josh Karoma, he's a good, good, good player. It's just we, we tend to it tends to dip up and down quite a lot. But I know Pat, you've just mentioned wanna... Pat, Pat Jones there, Matt. But it gives me a little bit of excitement that, and I know we've got to hope he can stay fit. But the way he glided past Walker Peters, I get he was a bit unfair that he had all the energy. Quite, he, he, he absolutely left him for dead. I know he smashed it in the side netting, but and I know obviously Walker Peters had played a full game and Jones didn't. But I just again, it just gives you that moment that in the games that hopefully we can get. Some results, he, he can do something like that, and as well, it's it's just, yeah, it, it would nice to see him. You know, I must have been when he announced this patch. I thought, oh, who's this guy? I've once heard of him. That didn't Scott Norwich the other season, but it's so, honestly, yeah. so he's, he's just as quick with yeah. the ball as it is. He's and they said the he looked a player, didn't like. they? I mean, I always think it's interesting when you yeah. get co- club commentary, you know, because they only see us once unless you're a proper anorak and you do your own work. But they were impressed with him and that as well. But it was quite interesting. Some one or two town people were like having a go at him and that as well but it's like I just didn't see it I just thought a promising cameo that get, yeah, makes like me think on, like on Wednesday night he might come on and uh, you know get a win against Sunderland or something he's, he's, he's going to aid us this guy so I'm delighted to see him back hey, let's talk about Brody Spencer oh. um, Brody Spencer he's played six games for Huddersfield Town he played right wing back then he played left centre back then he played right centre back then he played right back then he played left back and then he played left wing back he's played he's made six appearances for us and he's played six positions Technically, you may be stretching that slightly, but it just shows what 
what a good loan it was first at Motherwell. It's it's up there with the Louis, Louis O'Brien to Bradford loan, isn't it? In terms of how well it's worked out for us and Jack Hunt to Chesterfield, wasn't it? Jack back in the day, uh, or Gray's Athletic prior to that. And it, it, it's just, he's come back and he's such a phenomenal player at 19. And, and it's important to forget, not to forget, he's 19 years old and he's physically very good. He's quick and he's smart and he's confident and I am absolutely loving watching him play. And a lot of young players, if you move them around, we've seen this before at Huddersfield Town where, you know, maybe you look at, I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head, but maybe Scott High, you know, you move, you, you bring him off the bench and then you move him there, then you move him here. And their performances dip with it. Absolutely not with Spencer. He, he's played, he's made six appearances and he's been in the running for man of the match in every single one of them. And he's been phenomenal. And he, he was probably our best player again. Um, it was such a shame that he went off injured and hopefully it's not too serious but he was he was so good wasn't it Cosy I know you oh. were you were absolutely buzzing with it weren't you? but you know we've got a gem here if we look after him properly and don't try and go too high and then because young players will always have that dip they'll, they'll come in they'll play well then they'll have that dip and it's important that people don't then get on their backs because we've seen that so many mm. times at Huddersfield over the years whereby someone comes in everyone builds them up and then when they have a little dip in form and then they get hammered and go oh he's not as good as he thinks he is oh he's not that good and then the, and then you know the confidence goes and drains and it's important to just sort of stay high on him because the, we've seen there's a, there's an absolutely great little player here of course what a player but first we're going to play a little quiz killer who were the last player Town got from Motherwell and how good were he when he came to Huddersfield Town come on killer do you know Oh, not a clue. Come on, because I've been away for a long, long time. That's, Matt, that's a, you know, that's a don't you? Yeah. Matt will know. Motherwell? Yeah. We've got a player from Motherwell, and he went an absolute car crash. He hardly ever played. Some people have never clicked through a turnstile and see COVID. Think of COVID. Rolando Arons! Oh, don't do it, Cosy. <laughs> from Newcastle. He never existed anyway. from Newcastle. His spell before he came towards were from Motherwell, so technically he came from Motherwell. No, we signed him from Newcastle. Oh, we did. Cosy, you're no longer Quizmaster. Matt, we did. Off you go. No, Matt, you t- we, we did. He was on loan at Motherwell and then came to us after that, but... Yeah, Brody Spencer. Once <laughs> He was uh, on press conference duties on Thursday, and I thought, honestly, he just... I just like watched him and I just thought, wow, this is a guy who's just so zoned in, so cool, just taking everything in his stride. It, it was it incredible. He was just like chilled out, just seemed to know his game, know where he's at with everything. And he was absolutely fantastic. I remember, I, I did think it last season, I know, I think it was the Blackburn game where he, I don't know if he debuted or maybe it might have been his second game and that sort of, but I just thought, I think he was at fault for the goal, but I just thought there's a player there. And obviously we, he, he kind of just disappeared and it's gone up there, but... What I love about him, Matt, is just like you can play him every anywhere. When you when you've got a guy like that versatile, not didn't you like him to leap out here last week, which I didn't like, and that as well. I just thought that's a, yeah. a bit of a uh, yeah. I, just I in how he's just in, yeah. in in sort of how physically good he is at that young age and yeah, quick and his engine um, is is just amazing, isn't it? And that yeah. as well, just like getting up and yeah, down that as well. But it is, and, and I just think it's like if if we we he's on our books, got him back on loan, and he's making an instant impact. You'd, he cost a bit of money on that kind of performance as well, but fantastic. And obviously on the on the news of the week, you know, we've had Turton last week, he's done. Josh Ruffles this week, he's done. It's huge for us. But again, just to, I thought it was a big moment in the game, Matt, when he uh, when he went off injured. I, I thought that were the hard hopes went with him, mate. And that, that's a 19-year-old. We're just like saying, 
19-year-old yeah. playing at Southampton and, and that was such a big thing in the game. But that just shows the impact that he's had as well. I think it just gives him so much confidence, that Man City game. I think it's given a few lads that Man City game of confidence. Obviously, number on Grealish and it is, it's just little confidence builders and that as well. It's like he came back in, did a job that game and then, you know, he's just kicked on. But yeah, I just... It's been well managed. It's been well managed. You know, with Darren Moore, we've, we've maybe criticised indirectly a little bit, but he managed him well when he came mm-hmm. back and John Worthington's carried that on as well. So, you know, credit to both of them for that. I mean, we, we need to move it on a little bit because we're 42 minutes in and we've not finished about the game and talked about any of the other topics yet. But... um I think with the rest of the game, I think it's very easy to say we started to look very leggy. Um, our fitness went and their subs came on and, and, and took the game away from us. The, the guy that came on up front, you know, the, did you say we're 21.6 million? 21.6 million from Stad Rene. I've done my research. <laughs> he came on and he was he was very good, wasn't he? He was oh, very, direct very good. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, very good. And I mean, 5-3 at the end of the day, I, it's disappointing, isn't it, to to say how well they've played, to come away with nothing just felt very harsh. Um, but you can be buoyed by the performance and be slightly disappointed by the result, which I am. And I think that's fair because I, I just felt we de- didn't deserve 5-3. Didn't Matt, but um, I think the best three, thing three is... Three maybe, but... The best thing is with a midweek just, game coming up, though, I think he's just lit the touch paper. I've, a number of people have said they can't wait for Wednesday if the team are thinking like half of my mates who, God, when more were in charge, people didn't want to come. People can't wait for Wednesday's game. The team should be thinking that. And I just, that's the best taker out, out of that. And even better, I thought, because I wrote a tweet yesterday saying we won't be in the bottom three for long because I, I looked at your message like, Wagner, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realise it was 2-2. Two, two, so I deleted <laughs> that and I quickly changed it. said, oh, you know, blah. I know, but, honestly, I love David Wagner, but he has done absolutely nothing for us this season, that shice house. He's, he's, oh. he's literally beat us twice, nobbed us twice. And then lost to pretty much everyone around us. Yeah. <laughs> He's done us no favours. It's just positive for me though, Matt, because like... Still love him. Yeah, there's, a, there's some massive games this midweek and that as well. I think I've got it written down, it's Stoke versus QPR on QPR. Wednesday. So, and if you look there, I saw Millwall lost at Coventry today and I saw some of their fans, I thought, I'll have a little nosy and they're really winning in free fall. All of a sudden... Wait, we were, when we were winning... Three two, we were eighteenth in yeah. the league. It's it's we've 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 reeled them. us and QPR have reeled that lower mid table group back in now, and it's a real free fight. It's a shame Blackburn kind of won, but they did beat Stoke because Blackburn were absolutely falling through the floor, and it's amazing, isn't it? They've cut, they've sacked their manager and appointed a new one while we're still interviewing. It's they've they've kind of. Yeah. done that and fair play to them. Think, they've I been think, very quick and they've brought someone decent in I think but, what's going to be fascinating though Matt is like Wednesday because Tony uh, Tony Mowbray it's not in Tony Mowbray is it like Beal's team's coming Beale, at, come, Beale's team's coming attack it's Will Worthy be as... It's going to be absolutely fascinating because there's going to be people thinking right we want this uh, football we've seen at Southampton we want it on Wednesday night and obviously you don't want to be it's going to people this is going to be the expectation now rather than this being a one-off and a nothing to lose performance and you know let's get men forward and a 3-4-3 and, three, three and stuff people are wanting to see that on a regular basis so it's going to be fascinating I, I'm so pleased we've got a midweek game coming up and that as well it's such a crunch game and obviously Keep we've got two, two home games we've got all obviously next Saturday and I just I just come out with just so many positives I, and just the fact that we're not in the bottom three and that as well for me that we're a a bonus at the end as, as well. So a game that we, we, we knew, we I don't like writing it off and at half time you're thinking, God, it's a game we probably could win here, but we expected to probably lose and it's gone and we're still at the bottom three. There's still that pack above us. It's, to me, it's only positive. The only negative is, you know, the Spencer, you know, hopefully it's a bit, hopefully he's back soon. Helic obviously won't play in outfit, is, is he? But it's just that treatment table. It's just unbelievable. That's his biggest hindrance, well, mate, at the moment, isn't it? But it's, all of a sudden, it feels like we've got his club back. Uh, 
And and now we'll talk about Manu probably later on, but it's just like it, the way that an effect is can't be underestimated, not just for the seven goals in two games, but just the, honestly, the people that can't wait for Wednesday, that have been empty seats galore on the, under Darren Moore. It's, it, I can't wait for Wednesday. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on. So um, let's go through some of the comments because we are live on YouTube at the minute. So if you're listening um, latterly, um, this is how it's going in the chat at the minute. So let, let's have a look through. Blowy, I think we all want one of those, uh, with his Kurt Angle um, meme photo there. It says, Duff does not excite me at all. Give Worthy till the end of the season as we're clearly playing better football under him, scoring seven in our past two games. Worthington in... As we look down, it says, uh, with Helic in there, it would have been a much closer game against Southampton. I think likely to agree on that one. And he said game. Uh, Blowy again, he says, another thing was the fact that most Saints fans were praising us and people who were most annoyed with us losing were the chesties. I hope Saints go up instead of instead of them. Yeah, I went, uh, I, I, I went for a cup of tea today with my mate and he went to Ellen Road just there. And, and the cheering for others here were unbelievable. <laughs> Both people think they hate us, but mate, they were, the score, it came on their scoreboard like we were winning, like, come on, town, go on, you doggies and all this lot. But I don't know. I don't know. Terrier72 says, got to keep Worthy in charge till the end of the season, in my opinion. Connection to him, fans and the club, feel an appointment now will be another mistake Bringing a new guy for preseason mm. or keep worthy. Uh, let's uh, let's keep going through here. Mikey says, last two games under Johnny's best football I've seen since 2017. Give John the job until end of the season. Um, Blowy's back again. He said, what made Kasumu's goal even better was the one time I wear a shirt with his name at an away game. Kasumu is an absolute <laughs> gem. I love him. Keep wearing that shirt, mate, if that's what happens. Um LG828 says, yeah, not sure about Radulovic. Lacks energy. Yeah, killer. Bring killer in on here. Killer, you, you, you're you, a bit on that mind mentality, aren't you? A little bit, Radulovic? Yeah, Shit, I, just, I, I, was, look, I was worried about him when he first came in um, because the Finnish league's not the greatest. Like we spoke about last week, Morelius came from there, Pookie came from there, but pace or strength kind of goes a long way. I don't think Radulovic has either of them and he has to be the tallest guy I've seen play up front who's unable to win any sort of header. And I just I expected it. I thought he's, he's good at his feet, Even Udlin, but he's not fast. Over Kyle Ludlin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Kyle Ludlin came from no. Kyle Ludlin had like twenty four goals in twenty eight games in greenhouses in Finland and, and come with a, a, a reputation and a. Did, 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 was it Radulovic? They said a seven figure fee for Matt. Is that was it Radulovic? No, no, no. Was that Healy? Okay, Healy. well, however much it cost, he came and the impression was he was going to be a, a bona fide first team starter, kind of from day one. And to me, looking at him. He's about as far away as a, a first-team starting number nine we've got. I think Healy's better than him um, when it comes to championship football. I think Danny Ward would be if he were fit, which is probably unlikely. Um, Bergzog's fit, better than him and more effective in our system. And then even Karoma is. I thought when he came on yesterday, um, again, he looks like, wait, there's just... I don't notice him when he plays. And I don't think you can criticise a striker more than that. If he's scoring goals but not doing very much, fair enough, you're doing your job. But I don't actually know what his game is yet. And and I find that normally I think I can kind of work it. I think most people can kind of work out what a striker offers and, and what if they're just a hard worker or whatnot. But to me, I don't know about you, Matt, what do you reckon on Radulovic? But I just think he's 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 not at championship level yet. And and now it probably is that. Everyone says the championship's one of the hardest divisions to work to play in. It's strong, it's physical, and it's fast. And it takes a bit of time to adjust to it. But he looks to me like he's got a long way to go to adjust to it. 
I think physically, physically, he's not really played properly since the end of October. So there's there's a lot of catch up that he's got to do. It's almost four months ago. I, I think physically he's got to catch up and it might be pre-season when he does that. But I think there's a lot of nice touches in there. There's a lot of really good link up that I saw early on. I think the the main concern is probably the lack of lack of foot speed, you know, foot pace. And if we want to play a high press, uh, and if that is the template, the high press, then you kind of go, why have you signed him, Mark Cartwright, if if we're going to play a high press going forward? Because he's he's not going to be able to do it because he's not at this moment in time, definitely not someone who can, you know, chase around for 90 minutes and, and force the opposition to misplace passes. But I think there's there's a good player there. I just think we need to get him fit first before he moves on. I think touch-wise, he's, he's very good. Technically, I think he's, he's really nice from what I've seen. I like him. But fitness-wise, he's got some catching up to do. Uh, he's just not a presence, on. is he, though? He's just, he's just not that presence, Mark. Sorry, he's just not that physical presence I expected from a, a guy in his shape and his style and what I thought we were getting. And I feel he's that's where my disconnect with him. No. Send, let's send Boothie down to the training ground. So this is how you stick your elbows in. But um, Daddy Legs says, Bloody Daughter has changed my YouTube name again, Dean Smith. So thanks for that, Daddy Legs. Uh, Freddie Cocker says, I'd still want the Duff Man in if we can tempt him. Worthy until the end of the season will either be Warnock-esque or Terry Connor at Wolves. And I don't want to see another town legend status tarnished. A little bit like Danny Schofield, I think. There. Although Chris Fountain disagrees. He says, give it worthy till the end of the season. Up the town. Matt, you, uh, and can again, I play, saying worthy and in. If I play devil's advocate, trying to work Matt, through these, Cosy. Go on, sorry, mate. If, if it weren't worthy and if it was someone that had been at Cruise Academy, do you think there'd be that outpouring of love for, for him in? Based on one game at six football. I think it's based on the style. I, I don't you know honestly think the style that we Rather seen. than John Worthy and Town, we love him because he's a local lad and we've played well in one game. Do, do well, Town fans really do that with local lads, though? I, I always think local lads get more hammer than love a lot of the time. So I don't. I think it's the style he's done it in, to be honest. If we sat back and played the same style as Darren Moore, but won 4 0 and 5 3 and lost 5 3, I think everyone would be wanting yeah. a new manager. We're chatting manager next, but, aren't we, though? So, yeah. Yeah, if you let oh. me get on with this, yeah. <laughs> you blue cards um, out. <laughs> I know. Simbin, Cosy, we can remove him, actually. No, we won't, we won't. Blue card. Uh, Max says, send all the youth to Motherwell. Uh, let's move down. Paul Hitchison uh, says, these last two games have played with Town of with serious attacking intent. We didn't deserve to lose like that, but the game tactics were spit on. I think he means spot on. Uh, Nick Jenkinson says, give it worthy. Uh, seems like he's bothered. At least we're seeing some excitement now. Uh, Terry seven and two says can't blame Duff not wanting to relocate, which we'll talk about in a moment as we as we come down. Uh, Joshua Hallowell says, can you express how you feel about the result via the form of interpretive dance? Thanks in advance. Cosy, do you want to uh, grind one out? What about so what, how I feel about the result? About interpretive dance? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Carry on reading, and I'll try and come up with something at the end. All right. Daddy Legs says, Headley, Hogg, Pearson, Yutta, Jackson, Diarra and Chapman all out of contract at the end of the season. You can only offer contracts to three players. Who are you keeping? Do you know what? Brady did this on the warm-up with uh, Louis. Um, so if you want to have a look at that, you can uh, you can listen to Brady and Louis on the warm-up for uh, Southampton. But very quickly, uh, those three would, it would be Headley, Hogg and maybe Yutta for me. Um, very quickly. Killer. Hogg, Pearson and Diarra. Really easy, actually, on that one. Cosimodo, Headley, Jackson, Pearson. <laughs> All right, got different answers there. Uh, Chris Green, Greener says, I really don't want Michael Duff. I think we have to stay away from him. He's not an improvement on Mua if you had to compare him to Darren Pua. Uh, I disagree with you, Chris, um, on that. I think we'll, we'll come to Michael Duff in a minute. But uh, Paul says, I can't wait for the Wednesday game. 
John Shaw, Shaw's A, says, fitness is reportedly a Warnock legacy. Yes, this is something that I did want to mention, uh, but I forgot. Uh, not since Carlos have we had a team to press the opponents week in, week out. Yes, Neil Warnock, I know a lot of town fans probably won't like to hear it, but um, there is, um, shall we say, talking football that Warnock's teams tend not to be very fit. And when managers go in after Neil Warnock, there is a very big um, criticism about the fitness levels of players post Warnock and um, Darren Moore's obviously tried to change some of the training and, and tried to get the players more fit. And unfortunately, injuries have occurred through that. And I have heard that that's happened at other clubs as well. Um, but we love Neil Warnock, so we don't really want to say too much negative about the GOAT. Um, but I think that'll do. Um, you lads going to Leeds at home from Blowy. Um, yes, always. Um, right. Let's. What we'll do now is we will have a quick break. We'll go to the away day log. So this week we've got Paul Stead, uh, who has uh, braved the weather, gone down to Southampton, and he's done this for us. And afterwards, we'll have throw an advert in there if you're listening to this on Acast. And uh, it's me and Cosy trying to flog you uh, NordVPN. So enjoy that. Good morning, town fans, and welcome to my optimistic away day log. My name is Paul, I'm with my son Ryan, and we are just about to set off for the south coast. If we can't be optimistic after last week's result, then when can we be? This is just about as good as it gets for town this season, so I'm going to enjoy it until reality sets in again, which I realise will probably be at about ten past three this afternoon. But until then, I'm still enjoying riding high on the crest of Worthy's 4-0 wave. I'm looking forward to seeing who is in the team at 3 o'clock and just as much looking forward to seeing how we will play. Next stop, St Mary's. Hello again. We've arrived at the stadium now. There's a decent turnout. I've just seen the lineup, and I have to say my optimism has died a little bit, but my intrigue has grown because we spent all season looking for a striker and then we decide to leave him on the bench. But Karoma did well in the last game, so hopefully he can do well this time. The lineup is looking like we're set up to counter-attack, disrupt with Hogg and Matos in the midfield. But it is going to be interesting. It's obviously going to be a tough game. Southampton, I think the aggregate score for the last five games is 19-1, so we'll be lucky to get anything out of this game. Hopefully, with our optimistic hat, and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw Come on, town. Come on. Wow, wow, wow. Half time. Southampton nil, Huddersfield two. Can't actually believe what I'm watching. For 35 minutes we went toe-to-toe with Southampton. You wouldn't have known that we were near the bottom and they were near the top. We, we pressed well. We looked a bit toothless for 35 minutes. But up stepped Sorba with a cracking strike to make it 1-0. We'd have been happy with 1-0 at half-time. And then Kasuma with a blistering strike. We're at the far end, opposite end to when they were. But it, it looked like a fantastic strike. 2-0 up. I went for 2-2 at the start. And I think I'd be disappointed if it finished 2-2 because we have given as good as we've got, probably better. Can't wait for the second half, but it's going to be a long 45 minutes. Come on, town. Man, 
well full time, we're just walking from the ground. It might not be the result we wanted, but it was every inch the performance. I heard lots of other fans saying the same, every inch the performance that we, we want to see in games going forward. If we play like that against other teams, I'm sure we'll come away with plenty of points, enough to keep us up. Entertainment-wise, it was an amazing game, a roller coaster, worth every penny of the away ticket and away travel costs, and you wouldn't say that about many games we've seen this season. So all in all, I've enjoyed the day out. It might not be the result we wanted, but loads of positive signs there. And at the moment, why not give the job, give the job to Johnny Worthington? Because that was a great game to watch. Up the town. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There we go. Thanks for that, Paul. I enjoyed that. That was uh, nice and refreshing from Paul. I uh, I did I did like that very much. Uh, right, guys, let's move things on nicely. So um, remember, NordVPN is there for you. We'll stick the comment, we'll stick that in the... Uh, in the blurb and the podcast. Um, right, so uh, we, we discussed, we, we had injuries down to talk about and Josh Ruffles is out for the rest of the season, but I think we covered that pretty much, didn't we, because we can move on from from there. Uh, so let's go to Duffman. So Michael Duff. Um, so Chris mentioned, um, yeah, so Chris mentioned that he, he thinks uh, Michael Duff is similar to Darren Moore, but I have to disagree with that. Um, Darren Moore, for me, is someone who's always had quite good resources and kind of underachieved with them. Um, even though I did get Sheffield Wednesday promoted with, you know, the 96 points. Um, but, you know, that's over two seasons when, you know, he's already got them relegated and then, you know, failed to go up first season with, you know, the biggest budget in the league and then finished third with the biggest budget in the league. Whereas Michael Duff, on the other hand, was should, I think Barnsley probably should have beaten Sheffield Wednesday in that playoff. And I think had they not got that red card, they would have probably gone on to do so uh, in the summer. Um, he got Cheltenham promoted, um, really well that was a great you know did really well to get Cheltenham up uh, took them to the highest ever league finish the year after uh, and then moved to Barnsley uh, at Barnsley has got them in the playoffs with a team which is inferior to a lot of a lot of them or was inferior to a lot of them in that league and he did he actually did very well um, Swansea was just a very 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 bad fit and you know I, I've mentioned that a number of times um, is, is he as bad as Darren Moore, not for me. Is he right for Huddersfield Town? I'm not sure. Alan Nixon seems to think that if he moves from the Cheltenham area, where I think there's some schooling issues around his kids, I might be uh, I might be wrong by that, uh, to West Yorkshire, then potentially he's going to be okay. Um, 
how how are you guys feeling about Michael Duff um, Killer? Uh, is he? I mean, he's not the super sexy, exciting manager that's come from far away to sweep us off our feet and take us on a uh, take us on a, a magic tour to the Premier League. But there might be some sense in there potentially for it for him because he does. The players do sort of suit it. That's why I wanted him. The some of the players kind of suit what he does or what he did at Barnsley, you know, in terms of high press, high octane and and getting into people's faces, etc. And not necessarily being on the ball for 90% possession. Is that something town fans want at this point though? That's my kind of question to that in that we've had a, a back three slash back 24, whatever, under Darren Moore. And I know my I've got to hang up against the back five. You know, Matt, I talk about it all Have the you? time. Everyone must be bored shitless of it. <laughs> and, and he does news. play, he plays, he plays, he plays wing back system, right? And, and okay, Worthington showed yesterday, it can always be actually pretty good, fine. But I don't know if town fans want that. I don't necessarily think it's what I I want. Um we are we've got to be realistic about what kind of club town are. We're not a, we're not a club that's gonna get in a really attractive manager. It's just not gonna happen. We don't have the resources for it. Um I think when when the name's thrown at you, Michael Duff, you think, oh, yeah, he did all right at Cheltenham. He did okay at Barnsley. And then went to Swansea, it didn't work out. Okay, it didn't work out sometimes. Like, I think uh, Darren McCampney spoke about Darren Moore this week, I think, didn't he, in one of his podcasts, and just saying he just did a really shit job at Uddersfield. It happens. Some managers just mm. don't fit at the certain clubs, right? And maybe that's what's happened with Michael Duff at Swansea. But then I looked into it a little bit deeper, Matt. In the summer, uh, Michael Duff signed 14 new players for Swansea. And they started with the worst um, start in 40-odd years, I think it is, at Swansea. And if a guy's brought in 14 of his own players and then started... Did he bring them in or did Paul Watson bring them in, the uh, director of football? That, that's, that's, that's an argument that can be had, but it's still... Normally, they'll throw it at the managers as the final sign-off. But they're still aware of the system he wants to play, Matt, because Michael Duff plays a very distinctive system that everybody's aware of. He did really well in League Two with uh, with Cheltenham. Cheltenham got promoted, I think, with the 15th biggest budget in League Two. So it's not like you say, Matt, they didn't have loads of money. Um, it took him three years, though. So it, did, it wasn't an instant kind of, it works straight away, which we're kind of looking for now, as said by Kevin Nagel on his amazing uh, documentary slash tweet. Three years. Three years. Three years. Well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's it. If he comes in, that kind of works. Maybe, maybe that does fit. Then he's gone to Barnsley. Barnsley just relegated from the Champions. They're not a, a nobody team in League One, though, are they? They're not like no. what you no, managed with Cheltenham no, to the highest. Decent. Exactly, he got them to the highest ever position, Cheltenham. So that's the achievement, not Barnsley. I, to me, what he did at Barnsley was good. But there's a lot of managers that have done good things, like Darren Moore did a good thing with Sheffield Wednesday last year, and it's not worked here. So I can't say now I'm sitting here thinking Michael does really exciting. He's not, and the worry about him not wanting to move up here. But Alan Nixon spoke about it a bit recently, hasn't he? That maybe. Um, that could be something from the town side in that they've listened to the fan perspective. And I think we've run a, I say we, obviously you run a poll to see um, what the percentage of town fans are that want Michael Duffin and against. And I don't know where it is at the moment, but I think it was 78% no at one point. Yeah, I've got um, it here, killer. 514 votes, 78 no, 22% uh, yeah. And then I put it on Instagram as well, 81% no. And, 19% yeah John Shaw's mentioned there but I don't get the angst for it uh, Killer and I, and I don't think it's just because Worthington's kind of charmed a few I'd, there seems to be a real issue against him I just why do you think that is mate I don't I don't get it all of a sudden especially after because what he was against Darren Moore in the playoff final and Moore seemed to have got one over him do you think is that it or because no, they're not no, the same no, they're not the same no from town fans it's not exciting why? it's just not exciting 
Mm. It's just just that. It's not exciting, yeah. and I think that goes a long way. I think it goes a long way because again, we're sat here saying, "Oh, it's an all right appointment." I'm like, I won't be excited. I will not be getting out of my seat for it. No. And okay, you've got to give them time. I'm understand it, but not all fans are rational fans. A lot are irrational, and oh, we're not rational. And they'll have an we're not <laughs> but so we saw it- what happened with Darren Moore against Leeds. He never recovered from it, and now if he comes in, and already we're not excited by it. Uh, Kevin Nagel's promising. Not promising, but suggesting Premier League in three years, and it's a new restart. This, that, and new. Then, then you go out and bring in another, another kind of League One good manager. It's not really, to me, going to shift season tickets, and I really think that is a massive motivator at this point in the season. Um, not staying I'm up, surprised it's not being announced. Not, not staying I, up in that. I, 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 I think sure, Worthington could do that at this point. Right. I think sure. Worthington could do that with it at this point, showing what he did over the last two games. I think you look. They're looking at the long term future, and the other problem is with Michael Duff. Is the loyalty there? He left Cheltenham to go to Barnsley, did a year at Barnsley, then left to go to Swansea. And the next thing you hear is he's not sure if he wants to move up here. If it, That's a rumour, of course. But if that is correct, where's the long-term plan that the club are kind of talking about when it comes to appointing the next manager? Um, I just feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between Michael Duff and what he kind of stands for, the way he plays and the excitement that he, he wouldn't bring in, in regards to the appointment and, and what town are supposed to be looking for. But that might just be me. I don't know. I, I don't understand what what the remit is really. Do you know? With uh, I mean, the club haven't said who we are and how who we aren't looking at. Either. They, you know, they've not come out and said Michael Duff's going to get the job or anything like that. But I don't, I don't really understand that the whole style of play and everything about the club, the identity of the club, has to be driven by the director of football. And so far, I've not really seen what we're trying to do. Um, and that re- and this next appointment really tells you everything that you need to know really about. Um, about you know the the vision really uh, someone's put something which is quite interesting uh, and it's been on you know it's been a topic of our conversations as well Paul it is mentioned I think we should keep worthy till the end of the season and go for Klopp's assistant then and that's that's something that kind of excites you doesn't it if you know you, you bring in a Pep Linders or something and then all of a sudden that's that's a lot more exciting than bringing in a bloke that did okay down the road isn't it and I and that is that would be quite exciting and it would feel like a rebuild and a fresh start and everything. The risk is, I, I absolutely, I, I think the world of John Worthington. I think he's, he's great. Um, I loved him as a player. Do you know, the, the tenacity he had as a player, you know, he gave everything for Huddersfield Town. He's giving everything as a coach. You know, I've got, you know, all the time in the world for him, having, you know, seen, you know played played once with him at school, etc. And, you know, when, when he used to follow Town and that team full of, you know, academy players, it was great having a local lad from Gummussel as your captain of your football club. It, you had that connection and everything. It was brilliant. And um, the the thing I don't, the thing that will always happen, and it happened with Jacko as well. You know, you can look at Jacko. There will be a dip at some point. You know, and and the way they're playing at the minute is it sustainable? Potentially not. You know, the fitness of the players, etc. So you don't want um, you don't want to be in a position in six to eight weeks whereby we're, we're down towards the bottom of the league uh, and people are looking at John Worthington slightly differently. And, and there is that risk, but there's also the risk as well that if you, if you don't appoint John Worthington, Cosy, um, you could bring someone in who's completely rubbish again and, and end up going down anyway. It's, there's so much risk here, isn't there? I mean, yeah. Worthington's done brilliant, but it's two games and there's not, I mean, if, if he plays like this from now to the end of the season, you'd think we'd be fine. And, and I think if we did, Everyone at the end of the season will be like, "Yo, give it worthy long term." But he's um, there's a long way. It's two games, isn't it? And there's a long yeah, way to go. Mate, and Matt, it's not. I don't know if it's even that, Matt, because for me, like 
memories are short, but for an hour against Sheffield Wednesday, we were pretty average, I thought. And obviously they capitulated. I know I don't like taking away from people who've kind of achieved stuff. So at the end of the day, John Wilder manager, we won 4-0 against Sheffield Wednesday, but I thought a lot more to do with how they folded. But fair play to him. And, and then, all right, we're happy yesterday. It was really good, but we, we conceded five and lost. And, and Killer was mentioning there about his naivety. You know, later on in the game, maybe he would have changed, you know, changed something when it looked like, you know, we were getting overrun and that as well. And I think the other, the only thing is, Matt, you, Sunderland win two, three nil or something on Wednesday. The next panic stations again. It's it's such yeah, a dilemma. Like we need a manager. Yeah. Yeah, it is, or even at Hull or whatever. It's such a dilemma. I think even if QPR did, you know, ended up winning yesterday in bottom three, I think it it, it takes it takes some brave people to. I know I, there's so many comments, and I knew it would be like that tonight. Worthy until the end of the season, but. I, I just think if if Duff comes in, I I I don't say guarantees safety, but I think we've got, I think he'll be all right. But I'm with you, killers, kind of moving on next season. Card sales, exciting football. That it's 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 such a nightmare really at the moment because it's almost like that job remit they put out. It's just like the impossible at the moment. It's like it's almost like right, we need someone in to stay up, apply now, and and you'll get it till May. And then it's like right, we need to new culture, need to you know bums on seats, exciting football apply again in August but we're wanting someone to do both and I just think looking around yeah. it's, it's very 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 difficult Matt and I just think it's all going to be t- tempt the fans will be to feel totally different about if Sunderland beat us on Wednesday but thing then is though, Cosie, be- Cosie, thing is though because the thing is going to take Sunderland isn't it he's going to take Wednesday because it's Sunday night now right yeah he's unlikely for somebody to come in and take that right then you've got Saturday really quick turnaround again so even if a new guy came yeah. in it's likely to be worthy then anyway yeah, two massive games. Would, it? would yeah. it, is it? Is it, to me, it makes sense here to let Worthy take the next two games and then kind of make the judgment because the next two games are massive, the home games, the winnable, and then you've got a week off, I think, until Watford away. I think we're going to have him anyway. So I would, I'd actually wait, I think, right now, just for these two games because you've got him anyway and then decide. Because if you win them both, you're in an entirely, you're 18th in the league probably, most likely. You've, you've jumped quite a long way up. And and whilst it's unrealistic because we're town and we lose games that we should win and win games we should never get near, I understand that, but I feel like we're going to have to ride it like that anyway. So I think it's it's time just to sit a little bit. I expected Duffin last week, to be honest. I thought at the end of last week, that's when he'd kind of been announced. Yeah, that, you, you were heading yeah. that way, wasn't it? And then the snow happened and I'm just, just in my head thinking, no, that, oh, it's snowing, I, I just, maybe he come get a year and then... I just think that's a bit of a weird story for Alan Nixon to come out today. It's really odd. It, it, it's not like, it didn't feel it's like... It's a lot of weird still, stories though, to be fair. It is. I mean, and like someone said, yeah, he's yeah, got more right than he has wrong probably for others. But it's just almost like, I d- it didn't say the jobs, it kind of reads in the jobs is if he'll move north, but it, but then he, is it or not? And I think the problem you've got as well is like, if you did get s- next season, if we're in League One, Wednesday won again on, on things. So you're right, Matt, to say last week they can't be written off. So, Five is not a lot of a gap, really, in that as well. So I know we're looking at the pack above, and so I think you've got to include in them. But if we go down, the, the quality of the manager that we're going to get is you won't get a Pep Linders in League One and stuff. So it's it's a real it's a real dilemma. I mean, yeah. I'm glad I it's not the, my uh, decision, mate. I was having the discussion with Lee Morris earlier, and Lee Morris doesn't want Worthy. Um, so he, he sort of wants a manager in, um, but I'm sort of like. You can, like I'm with, I'm with Killer. You can kind of give it a week, another week. You can't really give it six weeks, but you can give it a week, another week, just to see where we're at. Because he's bought us time. He's he, honestly that win against Sheffield Wednesday bought us time, and we said that on the podcast last week. If if he wins against Sunderland again, 
that's a game that we probably weren't expected to win not so long ago. So if we if we pick up a win against Sunderland, again, it buys you more time again. And if you beat Hull, if you, if you like say you win two games, all of a sudden it's like, well, we only need to win another three or four games from now to the end of the season and we'll be fine. So, Sunderland have turned a corner though a bit, haven't they? They will be hard uh, game. Now. Yeah, yeah. Not beating the, anyone good, but three, one, two out of last no, three. No, well, we're not good. But, Plymouth, I mean, yeah. I mean, Sunderland are a funny team, but they pass the ball around again. It's it's suited to uh, our high press again. Is, is is Sunderland? So it's it's a game we could potentially get something in, and so is Hull because Hull are very very good. I mean, they've got Philogene Carvalho behind the front two, and they've got you know they've got a really good side. Um, I think Dilap's injured, isn't he? But they've got two fan as well. Big week, also, big week with all sorts of good players. But yeah, big week. again, they don't like it when teams get stuck into them. Again, it's the two teams that are very good and potentially should beat us, but we could also you know take it to them and beat both sides. And if that happens, it, it just it just puts a complete different slant on it because then you could say, do you know what? Pep Linders could come in at the end, or whoever you know, Hazela or, or whatnot, Stefan Bungar. Let's keep going, Bungar. You know, at the end of the season, give him, give him a couple. I tried months to find learning, him last but... week, Matt, but he would avoid him, mate. <laughs> I know. Just get you know, but it gives you, it just buys you that time. And if Worthy buys his time, great. If we lose against Sunderland and Hull, okay, maybe Duffer needs to come in, and and it changes. But I think this it, is just... the, the, the results this week dictate him for me, Matt, and and it yeah. should do really because if you're a cool head or a, a good CEO and that as well, you should you should be reactive to results and stuff and. They, they'll be well, such a it's big, where we are in the league, though, isn't it, mate? You have yeah. to because it, yeah, where we're at. Love, loving if we win on Wednesday, will be just giving it, giving the job and stuff. It's like it's you, you've got to have that view, aren't you, and that vision and that as well, and, and block out the noise. But it's well, there's a lot, catch. there's a lot of players out of contract this summer. There's there's a huge chance to be able to do a, a rebuild this summer, and that's why the managerial appointment needs to be really key because you need to bring someone in who can help, you know, who can deliver upon the players that come in and the rebuild. And you need to know who you're rebuilding for as well. That that's so key. I mean, if you're if you throw in, in a Michael Duff in there, then him versus you know, and I'll keep saying Pep Linders because it was mentioned in the comments, but him versus Pep Linders would deliver completely different sets of football. And that, again it goes back to Mark Cartwright again. And what is the vision for this football club? If you know you you're looking exciting and wanting to bring someone in, then it would be fantastic if we could start this at the end of the season. And, and that's when the players come in and you, th- you go back to David Wagner when he got 14, 15 new players and we really hit the ground running after that Sweden trip and everything was exciting. And, and you can ride that wave, you know, that momentum of, of a wave, you know, the, the sexy foreign manager coming in, you know, who's worked with Jurgen Klopp or whoever, and all these new players from, you know, and all the, you know, the Deadwood or et cetera, will be out, et cetera. And, You've got a completely different scenario there. And that's the scenario you really want. It's just how we get there from now to the end of the season. And we are perilous. Let's not make any mistakes. We're in a perilous position. And it's just such a risk running with uh, inexperience at the minute for longer, you know, for the longer we wait, the longer we have to keep him. It's one of those things, isn't it? So it's a very difficult situation for a board a very new board to Huddersfield Town. It is very, very. It, one mistake and we could go down. It's you know, so that's why it's, it's like, probably good a good good reason to wait for a week. I think it's like what the killer said. I expected them to be in by now. If it were Duff, I'm, I'm surprised. It's it, is this you know staying down south or that's, that's just weird. It was just a weird story to come out with that day, and I just don't know 
where it leaves us, you know, obviously if it's true, you know, it's, because obviously you're getting your, your knucklehead town fans, well, if you don't want to move up north, then we don't want to be. Obviously, you can't live in Cheltenham and manage Othersfield, but obviously Warnock <laughs> moved up to home first, didn't he, for a bit. But I just, yeah, it's it's, a, it's such a, and we see it to be since every week now, don't we? It's such a massive week for us. And uh, I don't, yeah, I don't envy Matt Cartwright at all, mate. It's, a, it's such a tough, because... If he gets it wrong, he's gone. I think, you know, Lee Bromby got so much hammer for... And, yeah, he brought us Corbrand nearly a Premier League and, and, and did a lot of good stuff, but he walked the plank with Fotheringham and I'm afraid if Cartwright gets this wrong, he's gone. End of. Um, good question here is Terry Seven Inches. is one question. Preston are a similar type of club to ourselves, yet never seem to be in a relegation battle season in and out uh, in the mid-table safety. What are they doing differently than... Them. I mean, Preston's wage bill is really daft, isn't it? Compared to good, what they've had, question, they've got, they've had a, yeah. yeah, they've had a bigger, bigger wage bill from us. But I think they've just had a good group of players like Alan Brown, etc., and Ben Whiteman, etc. They've got sort of a good group of players that just have kept, you know, Daniel Johnson for years. They just had a group of players that have never really been poached and just kind of keep their head above water. And managers tend to, who come in, tend to be a bit more pragmatic. And I don't think they ever play expansive, exciting football. They just tend to sort of bore the way a little bit don't they to mid-table um, but I mean I mean, we could we could the do dream, that Matt, the dream the dream yeah, mid-table the dream of being boring in mid-table amazing it, it was uh, funny anyway. when they were reading our, I mean we mentioned it last week but it was funny when they were reading it out Southampton were like since we've got Premier League it was 18th 17th 3rd 17th 19th it's like it's just Imagine weird that. isn't it just crazy right Cosy we've had some negative I, I don't like to finish on a negative but the last real thing is uh Ian Harrett. Um, second time he's been in trouble in 12 months. Uh, this, t- this time it's for gambling. I mean, football is absolutely rife, isn't it, with gambling sponsors all over the place. Uh, Skybet sponsor the, the league, etc. It's thrust in their face time and time again, isn't it? Uh, and you've got a young lad here who um, has placed 484 bets from across four separate seasons. So it's not um, an isolated incident. The overall amount staked across four seasons is eight thousand one hundred five. The returns were four thousand four hundred forty-eight. So he's not—he's not a brilliant gambler by any by any stretch there. And he has bet on Huddersfield Town to win and lose in total the one hundred eighty-three bets, which include games and competitions that uh, he's participated in, including Huddersfield, Port Vale, Bradford, and Geisley, uh, including bets against. Huddersfield Town. I mean, that's that's probably where his money's come from. Uh, additionally, these also <laughs> include one spot bet, which doesn't involve Kean Harrow. Uh, and he's been banned for four months. Um, my view on Kean Harrow is maybe that he is a young lad, isn't he? Because I'm going to throw it to you, actually, because um, he is a young lad who, and Jonathan Worthington said in, in, the, um, in the press conference, didn't he, that Huddersfield Town would help him. Uh, which was nice to hear uh, because gambling is something which is, I don't have an issue with it. I can stick a tenner on and then not go back to something for six months. I, I've got quite a good control on it. I, I don't I don't really do it. I'm not that bothered. And I know my limits. I know um, what I want to bet on. I won't bet on anything that I don't know anything about, et cetera, et cetera. But not everyone's like me, other cosy. There are people that have issues with it. There are, We've seen Harry Toffolo recently cite his poor mental health to gambling. And there are always reasons and there are a lot of things that you don't hear and things, but you know, you're someone who's 
had uh, oh, it was talked about gambling quite a lot. So just tell us from your personal experience about gambling and uh, how you think it sort of applies to Key and Harrod as well. Yeah, well, you'll find me uh, tomorrow night in a, a Gamblers Anonymous meeting and every week and often twice a week and that as well. It took me to the end, to the edge. Uh, 14 years clean, hopefully, uh, next month as well. But yeah, it's uh, it's really difficult because I think it creeps up on you, does this addiction, before you know it. Uh, and some people might, you know, when you shouted out those uh, figures, Martin, money and, and, and things like that, you know, the the bets as, as well. And I think what's, what's kind of a bit scary for me is like, and I don't know whether that uh, was the reason why the kind of the, uh, you know, the ban was quite big and that as well, betting on games that, you know, teams that it was playing it for and against, obviously that inside knowledge of injuries and team news and things like that as well. But once you get in a hole with your life, it's, it, you just get sucked into it. And I think it is so difficult because like you've got, we, we say in our meetings, you've got time, opportunity and money. That them are the th- three of the worst things that you could possibly have. And and then obviously a professional footballer like he's been, obviously I wouldn't think he'd be on the top top coin that, you know, at, at town for sure, but still enough to, you know, what does it matter? Just like, uh, you know, be betting, I, I can afford it and things like that as well. And it's a serious issue really and that as well. I think it's it's sad. I mean, it's quite uh, the first thing that I was thinking of is to do the club, surely the club do a lot of uh, you know, because I know quite a few cricketers and then they've done quite a lot uh, of work inside the clubs with the, uh, you know, about gambling and, and things like that as well. I think it got to a stage where I know when kind of knew a few people at Yorkshire that they had to hand the phones in uh, during games and things like that as well because it was getting that bad. They're like people, you know, gambling as well. But I think that's the thing because obviously you'll get one side of the, the, the argument, people, well, you know, how stupid is that? You know, I've no sympathy for him and that as well. And obviously he had his other issues away from gambling as well. But, I just find it pretty sad, to be honest with you. Now, to me, this guy needs to be in with my, me in the meeting tomorrow and, and that as well, because I just think it's to recover kind of from like, for me, it sounds like an addiction, what, what he's doing and that as well. And he's obviously not helping his career. He, he can't have like your mind focused on the job uh, 100%. This is the big thing that I, I found kind of recovering from, from like the addiction is when I wake up tomorrow and I go to work, I've focused on the job. Uh, focused on my friends, focused on my family, focused. I've got a clarity, a clear head. I, I can kind of make my own decisions. When when someone's involved with that, you know, people might say, well, it's just, you know, he might think it's just a little bit of, you know, something to when I get off the field. But I'm damn sure that when he comes off that field, he'll be like on his phone, right, as them bets come in. And I think when it's creeping into that territory, it's really, really bad. I was quite shocked, to be honest with you, in that as well, because obviously we've seen the, the Toffolo thing as well. And again, you know, I've, I've seen a few comments about, you know, because the mental health thing and then that were just thrown in to try and, you know, kind of get away from the punishment. But what I didn't realise that it was, uh, you know, it was betting on teams that it was involved with and that as well. So for me, that's a bit of a an issue, but obviously you shouldn't be, be betting at inside, all. And, it's inside a trading technically, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously the, the most famous one in the rugby league with the Sean Long thing, Tommy Martin back in the day when they knew that St. Helens were going to have like a weak team out. And obviously they, that was when it kind of got clamped down on them as well. And, and stuff but it's it i just think because if you want to bet enough you'll do it you know to kind of work in industry where you can kind of self-exclude and ban people from betting but i always think there's always ways around it you go to our meetings and you know you'll get people who'll relapse and then they'll be like well hang on a minute you put a block on there you put a gam stop block or you put a gambam block but yeah but you can put a vpn on and kind of bet on a chinese website and stuff like that as well and i think if you want to bet enough and you've got a problem enough you will always do it so to me it's 
you know, the club going to support him. For me, the support has got to be, you know, bigger than he's got to want to, you know, because clear his head because who knows, he might get released for town. He might end up going down the pyramids and stuff like that as well. And what does that mean? Does that mean he can gamble? His, his life's just going to like kind of go into free fall and that as well. It's the same way with Toffolo. I'm quite interested. I'd, I'd love to have a chat with him actually one-on-one just to say, what are you doing about it and that as well? Oh, I've stopped gambling. What does that mean? Because to me, you've got to make a change in your life. Otherwise, it's, you're just going to go back into that big hole and that as well. Because I were ready to finish it on my, I'd, I'd had enough. It got me beaten. I owed so much money. You know, couldn't pay bills. You know, my wage were going after three days because uh, they're not on footballers' money and that as well. And I needed to get help to rock bottom. And some of these meetings I've gone into, like, you know, obviously it's anonymous, but there's some really high profile people that have been kind of licked by gambling. So it's just. You've you've seen it obviously with Toffolo with had I mean four years what that, it's a very secretive addiction mate because like if I'm a an alcoholic you you can see it can't you I'm coming back drunk if I'm a you know I mean we drunk. see that on Instagram to be fair mate yeah with like drugs <laughs> and stuff like that as well it's like oh no I've stopped drinking now that's another story but <laughs> but yeah but it's very visible uh, drugs alcohol but gambling's not so you're thinking that four years how has he done that. I can be on my phone now, Matt. And if I was still gambling, I'd be like, oh, what are you doing? You're always on your phone. You are. I'm just checking scores. I'm just WhatsApping someone. I'm just Instagramming and just be gambling. But the warning signs are there. They're, they're just, I just hope, I don't know if any of that family are watching or listening and that as well. I do. I'd strongly urge him to get to, to some meetings because to me, that's where the, that's where you recover. You find, you know, that you've got to you put your blocks in place and that as well. It's not a matter of just like, you know, blocking yourself from websites and things like that as well. Because someone said to me in my first meeting, says, says, Cosy, what we can do here, we can write a check. Because I owed, I owed over, well over £20,000 and I can write you a check. You know, now there you go. You, you, your debts are cleared. You're all right now, aren't you, mate? I'm like, no, I'm not. So it's like, it's not a matter of the money, mate. It's about, you know, I'm just more concerned for the for the guy really and that as well, just knowing kind of backstories and, Sadly, I've been to meetings where people haven't come back. What happened to so-and-so? Oh, he uh, jumped off Scamandon Bridge. Did you not see that on the news and this, that, and the other? So, yeah, just hope it's a wake-up call for him. And, yeah, I'm sure the club do a lot. And, obviously, PFA do plenty of things like that as well. But I think it's just you. It's the will. Uh, we, You come in, you hear these meetings when people come in, oh, I'm doing it because our lass is going to chuck us out or I'm going to lose access to my kids when I'm going to you know, lose my job, this, that, and the other. You've got to want to do it for yourself, mate. So for me, for Kian, he's got a, you know, obviously with a wake-up call with the other incident and that as well. This as well, he's, he must be feeling low. He broke in the team. He, he looked quite good. And now, in general, I noticed he put something on his Instagram, kind of making him, you know, stronger and, you know, what don't kill you, mate, stronger, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I'd strongly urge him to like to come to some meetings and, and get help, just like the experts and that as well. It's... Uh, yeah, because it's just you don't want your life to be peppered with that because one, at some stage the football money is going to run out and then, you know, just get into despair. We've seen it before, haven't we? I think Delroy first, didn't he have an issue? Could be wrong. Or was, was, he got involved with some issues uh, and stuff. Well, but, let's not discuss that one yeah. It's uh, He went to prison, yeah. didn't he? Didn't yeah, but it's, that's what I mean, where where this can take you. So you might you might just think, well, I've got the money and it's like, yeah, it's a ban and I'll, I'll be back in the summer. But, mate, if you're watching... Come to the meetings, sort yourself out, mate, because like that, there's nothing more satisfying than you know, I couldn't do 14 minutes without a bet and be 14 years on the 15th of March. So, yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous, uh, slippery slope. But, yeah, sad to see, mate, to be honest with you. But it's, I think, unless you're in the hole and, and once you get in, everyone's got an, I think some people have got an addiction to things, but like addictive personalities is uh, the gambling one's so difficult because I think my mum and dad were more shocked because. 
they think you know everything about you, mum and dad. And then when I told them that, like that they had built up on my gambling and I already finished it, they were absolutely stunned. But it's something you can hide gambling. And in a way, it'll do him good that this has come out. He might not think it now, but this will do him good because he can, hopefully, if he can repair his life, the club are standing by him and that's always really lucky. You know, he can kind of kick on again. So, yeah, just wish him well. 14 years. Outstanding, mate. Outstanding. Um, Nearly. 15th of March. Got to get there, yeah. 15th of March. That's my... My missus's birthday. We'll have a double celebration. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. killer. Um, I don't think me or you could say anything else about that, could we? Well, you know, because he's not just, really. You know, it's the, just the, the thing is, as a footballer, you do know you couldn't, you can't gamble. You're put into meetings all the time saying you can't gamble. At my very semi-pro level back in Australia, I couldn't bet on anything in any FIFA-regulated game, and I'm still registered now, and I still can't. And I'm very aware of it. You get emails all the time. You get put into meetings every year about it. So it, it, it's definitely not something, it's not an accident. He, he's very aware that he shouldn't be doing it because all footballers, I think it's a part of a contract as well, I think, when you when you sign with a football club. Um, there's all sorts of, of things with it to to make f- footballers aware. But it, again, it's an industry, a football industry is, is, is basically financed, not entirely, but quite a lot by, by gambling money. Um, so it's hard to sit here saying, well, it's wrong, don't do it. When every shirt sponsorships, every second shirt sponsorships, a, a betting company. Um, so it's 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 a tough environment to live within if that's something you have, are predisposed to. Um, and it's just, I feel for him, especially because obviously this is the second problem he's had um, with town after the what was it actually called? Is it hair baiting? Hair, hair whatever it was. Carson, hair, yeah. And again, that's something not that's not a common occurrence. That one, I can't say I've ever heard of it before until he was charged with it. Um, and he's not a footballer that's got a background where he's bagged twenty goals four seasons in a row, and he's going to get job opportunities everywhere. He's at the beginning of his career, trying to learn his way, and this is a second incident he's had that's really going to make it more difficult for him to be a footballer. I just hope this is kind of the wake up, and like Cosie says, he gets the help he needs to to push on. And if the club stand by him, great. There is a bit of a player in there. He's, he's been pretty handy for us and under Warnock last year. There were moments where he was was handy and you can see that the, the, there's, there's something there and I just hope it's not ruined from something outside of what we see on the football field. Yeah, I don't think it's in the in the contract, but it's definitely a, a, an FA rule, isn't it? A football rule that you're not allowed to do that. I mean, I, mean, I had to sign something similar as well 10 years ago. Um, I think that's it for us, lads. Uh, it's It's been an enjoyable pod talking about uh, a performance which is as buoyed as somewhat so hopefully we'll see a lot <laughs> we've more we've lost by five more. but we're happy we're, know, we're weird amazing. weird people <laughs> I know say absolute say um, we're yeah, all so, mad around the bend <laughs> right we'll take it from there uh, thank you to everyone who's joined us online there's about 80 people still watching us talk absolute nonsense at the minute which is phenomenal uh, so thank you to I'm everyone online who's, who's watched it if, if you guys could just click the like button that'd be fantastic because that'd just stick our uh, our little podcast in more eyes uh, un, or in front of more eyes uh, and more Huddersfield Town fans which would be very much appreciated um, that's it for us what do you think we should go out on shall we go out on the uh, the an American song or shall we just go out with the usual smile a while I think we'll go with smile a while There's a team that is dear to its followers 
colors are bright blue and white they're a team of renown they're the pride of the town and the game of football is their delight and all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory so town play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.